Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Get a Job podcast. I'm here with the wonderful Michelle Nedelec. She is an international best-selling author and an expert in everything entrepreneurialism and the founder of Awareness Strategies, which you should absolutely take a look at. She has run her own series of companies since 95, and since 03, she has been helping sales reps, entrepreneurs, and executives to continually double their profits and revenues. She not only has what it takes to help her clients build a multi-million dollar business, but she does it time and time again. Michelle particularly loves to talk about business uh, growth and scaling when it comes to streamlining your business, starting with positioning you as the go-to expert in your industry. Michelle incorporates marketing automation, systems integration, and support both on and off the stage. She teaches the key components of scaling a business, strategy, systems, support, and state of mind, so you know how to continually elevate all four components to build a healthy, thriving business. Now, we get into some really great conversations around mindset. She dives really deep into that and shares some really important uh, tidbits. She also has to have a. She also happens to have a great sense of humor and a love for stilettos, which you know her her humor comes across uh, very predominant. She's just a, an amazing woman with an extremely wealth of knowledge. Uh, so, without further ado, please welcome Michelle Nedelec to the show. You, you are now listening to the Get It Get It Get a Job Podcast. Your host. Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome, especially now that I'm back together with you. Yeah, exactly. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I uh, again, I, I we had a we had a great conversation yesterday. Uh, I'm excited on your podcast, and you know we'll go ahead and, and and plug that in a little bit later. And I'm I'm excited to to learn more about you. Right, I think we you know, learned a little bit about yesterday. To, today is is about all about all about Michelle's here. So, uh, so international speaker. Uh, best-selling author, uh, elite podcaster, and working with really uh, some really amazing companies to help them grow sales, marketing, and so forth. Uh, tremendous resume. I'm excited to di- to dig a little bit uh, deeper into that. But first of all, I just wanted to start as always from the very beginning here. Um, <laughs> from the very very beginning, I want to make sure that. Uh, I know where you came from, what led you to, you know, this entrepreneurial crazy world that we live in and, and, and that, and that uh, progression in that journey. So let's, let's start from there if we can. <laughs> well, feel free to cut me off at any of the points of insanity. Sure. <laughs> so I, I mean, there was, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I was 23 years old. I was living in Inuvik in the Northwest Territories. We decided to start not well. My partner at the time had a business, he had a restaurant and decided that with me 
we were going to start another three businesses because, wow. you know, go big or stay home. Right. So I would, one, never <laughs> recommend that to anyone. <laughs> Do not move to the middle of nowhere where there's zero population and go, hey, I think I'm going to own three businesses. <laughs> oh, that's my idea. <laughs> the worst idea ever. But I did learn a ton and it was kind of fun because one of the businesses was a tanning salon. And oh, cool. so the phones were ringing off the hook. It was awesome. They're asking about all these tanning questions. And I'm like, no, it's for your wives, not your hides. And they're like, <laughs> my what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, we need to work on a little education, a little marketing. This Southern girl has got to <laughs> figure out where she is right now. And I need to articulate that in a different kind of way. Yeah. It was meant for white people to go on holidays in the middle of winter, like, you know, we'd be little crispy critters the first day of holidays. Right. And so, you know, you need to get a base tan. And yep. <laughs> but it was fun. It was awesome. So that was my first entrepreneurial journey. And uh, like I said, I learned a ton. One of them was we opened up an electronic store. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually bought out an electronic store. So part of it was being interviewed by what's called the BDC or the Business Development Corporation here. Mm. And they assign a coach with you. And they're asking me all the logical questions like, what what are you expecting to do? What are your, your performance? And, you know, all these big words that at the time I had no idea. And they're looking for my forecasting. And I'm like, I have no idea. I've never run an electronic store before. And it's like, well, don't you know what they did before you bought the store? <laughs> you know what they did before you bought the store? <laughs> like, you were the one that had the loan and were coaching them. <laughs> that data. And so it was, it was kind of a really weird conversation that we were having. And I'm... I learned that, you know, that forecasting is vitally important in, mm. because you need to know where you're going. Like, why have you done this? It wasn't just, I'm, I'm unemployable. So let's go start a business. Right. That's, that's a really <laughs> bad reason to start a business too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've all done it. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean yeah. it's a good idea. It just yeah. means it's really popular amongst people that can't keep a job down. <laughs> You want to talk? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just. I'm, I, I again, I just, I want to know. I want to know everything. I, I, you know, I want to. I want to know everything that led you from from where you were to to you know becoming, uh, you know, the the podcaster that you are or the speaking engagements. Um, you know, So it it does sound. I will say it does sound that, uh, you know, there's some some people that tend to already have that entrepreneurial sort of spirit or. It, it, it's it's there um was that was that really the case for you because you kind of like kind of threw yourself in it sounds like you kind of threw yourself into this whole thing was that something that you knew of or on the past like your parents were entrepreneurs business owners or like your your, your partner at the time was just, it just sounds like you kind of just like went all in on it is that correct yeah well so my dad was an electrician by trade and okay. and he was a very good electrician and they kept asking him to move up beyond foreman and he would never do it. They wanted him to become partners. And he's like, mm. no, I, like at five o'clock, I want my day to be done. I want to go home and, mm -hmm. and sleep and yeah. <laughs> eat when the food's ready and, and be done. Sure. And, and he never took that on. But at the same time, he would complain about the client's um, business choices. Like he loved the company that he worked with. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. It was one of his best friends. But the client's sometimes had really dumb ideas and really dangerous ideas. Mm. And, and he was smart enough to know how to get out of that. And I said, I'm never going to put myself, I'm never going to be going to the same day job day in and day out, like wanting to kill myself. Yeah. This is not going to happen. So 
one I just <laughs> subconsciously planted in there that I would have something like 28 different pivots in my life, hmm. career pivots, not just, you know, hey, let's go from marketing this to marketing that. I've had 28 absolute industry pivots in my career, all of which, by the way, has helped me, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. And it's so that wasn't there. My brother, I had a brother and sister that were older than me. They were six and seven years older than me. And they used to try to do everything to make money. We sold, well, my brother sold rabbits. My sister, they tried. We're in the middle of nowhere. Right. We're in rural Canada. <laughs> and one time they even took some manure out to the front road to try and sell that. And I'm like, dude, anybody who drives by is going to have a plethora of manure of their own. And they're like, right. ooh, plethora, that's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going in to read. <laughs> you, you do you. Right. So that, that was kind of how my childhood was. And it was it wasn't until kind of later on. I, I was thinking that I was just going from this job to that job or this business to that job, going, Oh, that looks neat, I'll try that. Or I'd get sick of something and, and try the next thing. The way I ended up in a new is kind of fun because I was going how far back do I start the story? I was kind of traveling around the world fell in love with my boyfriend, came back to what at the time was Edmonton. And, and I wanted a one year career or a one year training program that would finish at the same time as he finished his university career. Mm. And that I could go and move into the middle of nowhere with him because he was going to be a park warden. Mm -hmm. And so I went, okay, there's two, in, two industries that I'm interested in, avionic metallurgy and dental assisting. I went, well, wow. I, there's no airports in the middle of nowhere. So right. <laughs> I guess I'm going with dental assisting. I took dental assisting and I fell asleep during my practicum. Like I hated my mm. job with a passion. I decided I'd rather be the dentist than the dental assistant. Sure. So I, and I didn't want to go to university for seven years and pay all the tuition. So I came up with this plan of if I went to Inuvik or Northwest Territories for two years, Saudi Arabia, for two years, Columbia for three years, I could come back to challenge the exam and uh, become a dentist. All great, it all worked out. I'll spare you the details. Get up to a Nuvik, um, a month and a half later, I find myself pregnant. So I'm clearly not going to Saudi Arabia. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Plan is kibosh, this is not working. Okay, now what am I gonna do? And that's when my partner said, like, you're clearly smart enough to do this. Why don't we buy the electronic store and move over? And so we had this whole elaborate plan of how we're going to make this all happen. And it just didn't work out between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, that. I, I mean, we still get along great. Well, good, good. <laughs> good. That's a good, good thing. Uh, that, that's really, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's with, with my family and my, my parents, I, I sort of recognized something very early on age, seeing my, my dad had a, a very corporate job and, um was working nine to you know nine to eight and traveling you know over uh, throughout the world just constantly and i saw the effects that it had on on the family so i grew up you know obviously going back and forth with different jobs but knowing that at some point i do not i love my dad so if you're listening i love you man but you know uh i, I didn't want to end up like that i wanted to be able to have that time with my family so it sounds it was a very similar circumstance with with the first businesses that you started 
um, working on or, or owning the, what did you learn really quickly around the marketing piece? You, you mentioned something about the tanning and how there was the message, a different uh, messaging points there, but different what was some of, yeah. You, what, what, you have to know your client. Yes. <laughs> you have to know mm-hmm. your client. And, and, and to me, I'm not going to say that don't go into an industry that you know nothing about. I'm never going to say don't do anything. If, if you want to do it, absolutely run, don't walk. That is mm-hmm. awesome. And figure out who it is that is your ideal client. Not who you think you can serve, not who you think you want to serve, but who you are actually serving. Mm-hmm. And and that became the important part. And as, as we moved into digital marketing <laughs> 20 years later, yeah. it was... Uh, paramount to know your audience and especially online right now because people will go into Google and they will search what they are looking for mm-hmm. not what you are selling yeah and that is a very important distinction that a lot of business owners can't wrap their head around they're like oh yeah but I have this awesome you know banana that I want to sell that's fantastic does your audience mm-hmm. know what a banana is <laughs> right and if not yeah then you're gonna have to talk about their hunger pangs and whatever else is going on for them mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you can't do it it just means you have to do it in a certain way in order to make you successful yeah certainly and uh, I see that so often too where like you know doesn't matter if an entrepreneur has a product that they think is groundbreaking, you know, does, does the mark, will the market actually reflect that? Right. So, you know, proper testing and getting outside, you know, experience. Come on, take Pongs, right? Mm -hmm. How do you sell Pongs and how do you know what your idea market It's like, Hey, do you want Pongs? They're awesome. They're blue and they're green and they go really far. It's like, what? Like, what is that? Right. Half the people listening to this right now don't even know what I'm talking about. It's like it's just gonna appeal to this game, right? And it's and, and to the, yeah. the gamification of of the little kids. And mm-hmm. and 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 in fact Pongs I think actually made it to to yeah. adults because it was so much fun. But yeah. it was it's really about selling the thing that the people want, mm-hmm. even though they've never heard of it. Yeah. Even though there's no market for it, even yeah. though it seems asinine. Who's gonna buy paper clips, <laughs> cardboard <laughs> clips for three bucks a piece? Like, who's gonna do that? Oh, the mm-hmm. entire world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? <laughs> right. Or, uh, or you know, take it back even further. Pat rocks. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's gonna yes. buy a rock for ten bucks? Like, nobody's <laughs> gonna do that. Oh, yeah. Okay, everybody did. A lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it's so it's so interesting how a lot of that stuff uh, can work. Let's let's I you know I I love I love the the chatter or uh, the talk of of mindset and and what that what that brings. And again, as we talked a little bit yesterday on your show, uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs and business owners I talk to have a really great mindset. So how does that how has the mindset overall affected you? Uh, was there some some things that you had to learn learn along the way? I mean, some people are just really naturally born with having this positive view and outlook and so forth. Some of them don't, and there's obviously some some tricks to the trades on on how to navigate that. But uh, how how important has the mindset uh, work for you um, been a factor? Like, how important has that been? If anything? oh, it's paramount. It's one hundred percent paramount. And when we're teaching people about business strategies and things. In order to scale, you have to have strategy, system, support, and state of mind. And it's an oxymoron to say that state of mind is fourth. It's it's first. It's paramount. You, So in one of those pivots that I did, we decided to 
Well, we were taking, I say we, my new partner and I, were taking courses and and we came across Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. And Bob Proctor was at the front of the room and he's talking about, you need to understand the laws of nature that govern success. If you understand the laws of nature that govern success, success becomes inevitable. And it's kind of like an engineer building a bridge. You need to understand the laws of gravity in order to build a bridge that's going to withstand mm-hmm. one gravity, two erosion three like you have to understand the elements of nature and i think in business it becomes paramount that we understand these laws of nature now some people get to talk about it at the kitchen table with their family and that's awesome some people are fortunate enough you know like i used to read bedtime stories to my son and i would read him personal development stories (laughs) there were books i had to read so you know you read it like it's (laughs) peter rabbit (laughs) right right i love that you know robert kiyosaki's books yeah Um, (laughs) and so that kind of gets ingrained in some people they may may or not know that but you really do want to make it a a study like an engineer would study physics Mm -hmm. it just makes sense to understand how the mind works and how we create our successes because when we have, when we grow up, when we're little, we have this conditioning that allows us to imitate and emulate our parents and the adults around us mm-hmm. under the premise that we are going to live long lives just like they did. If I do what mm-hmm. you did, I will survive, which is why most kids do what you do, not what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really frustrating as a parent, but mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, that's why. That's so so the, when we're doing that, we're emulating our parents we're not mm. necessarily taking on the good traits that they have to offer us if we're taking on their everything. So mm. being able to look at that and go, hey, is that still working for me? Right? We hit the age of reason at seven or eight, nine, but really at some of us it hits at 32. <laughs> some of you might yeah. be fortunate yes. that it hits earlier. Right. <laughs> but you want to be looking at, does this really work for me anymore? And say things like, yeah. you know what, dad, I love you, but I don't have to believe in that anymore. I'm going mm-hmm. to go and do it this way. And just by acknowledging that and saying that, we can we can change and pivot a lot of our subconscious thoughts that get into business. But oftentimes, business owners, just starting a business has a whole shelf life of um, conditioning that comes along with it. Going out on your own, being a rebel, doing what other people don't understand you're doing, not having a clue the, about anything that you're doing and thinking you're going to be successful at it. All of those things come. And then we go and try and hit a million dollars. And then all of the things that we've put together aren't working all of a sudden. And we're like, oh, God, I'm such a loser. How come I can't do anything right? Blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. all this stuff flows up again. We go to hit 10 million. Same thing happens. We go to hit 100 million. Same thing happens. <laughs> and you're thinking, mm-hmm. dear God, like at 100 million, really, does that happen? And it's like, yes, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. I've, I've interviewed people. I've talked to people. I didn't do that myself. But... It happens all the time. We are human, whether we like it or not. So that idea that, okay, I've, I've got over my childhood, I'm done, is irrelevant. Because mm. we don't know what the things are that are stopping us from doing the things that we want to do. All we know is that we're being stopped from doing the things that we want to do. I say I'm going to go out and you know work out on Monday. If Monday comes and I'm not, I haven't worked out, then there's something blocking me. Period. Mm. End of story. If I say I'm going to go out and hire 10 people next month, and I don't, something's blocking me. And it's not the person outside of me. It's not my HR. It's not nothing. It's me. And if you go back to me every time, you are much, you're 100% more likely to find the problem to or the solution to your problems than you are if you're continually 
you know, chicken pecking outside of you trying to find out whether or not it's the economy or the market or their HR yeah. department. I love all of that. Yeah, that really, really hit home. Um, man, I, I wish Sorry. that. <laughs> Like literally you were just like talking about my life there. I was like, well, this is going to be kind of scary. Um, <laughs> hey, no. I know we talked yesterday, but you weren't supposed to air out right. my dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is about you, man, not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that is very powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I wish, I think it's so important for uh, younger entrepreneurs who are just on the fence to, to try to work through that, that whole thing. Cause there was, there was so much, you know, again, in my walks of life that I held on to, and everything you mentioned was, was so, was so true. And, and the blocks that occur and it doesn't really matter where you're at really financially, there's always blocks that happens in all walks of life, right? Everywhere from, you know, 500,000 to a $100 million, you know, there's always these, these blocks. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's some really, really great insight. Um, I did want to pivot over to uh, to the business strategy side of things because that seems to be a really big component of of your work. So, what are some of the the the, the strategies in place or automations that uh, entrepreneurs or business owners should be taking a look at first and foremost, like the really most important things that you would want to you would work uh, with them on? Nice. It depends totally on what stage of business they're at, and they're obviously, and it depends on where. Yeah, a whole ton of things. But often when people are first starting out their businesses, the first thing I recommend that one, they outsource and or delegate, do not abdicate, never abdicate, always delegate, mm. uh, is their accounting. Because whether they are really good at accounting or otherwise, even if you own your own accounting firm, outsource your own accounting, your own books, because we get too emotionally involved in our books and we make really dumb decisions about them. So to be able to get one, somebody else to just take care of all that stuff. And there's enough computer systems out there right now that you can take a picture of your seat. It goes into, gets upload, your bookkeeper takes that file, assesses it, you know, reconciles it, bam, takes them 20 minutes, whatever. Even though it only takes 20 minutes, don't do your own books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody else do your yeah. books. Get the unbiased information you need because it has such an emotional attachment to it in business. We think that we are our finances and we are not. Mm -hmm. Our finances are an indication of where our business is, not where we are. Mm -hmm. And that is, again, going back to the mindset is a very important distinction that you need to make and make it right away because it's way harder to make at a million dollars than it is at zero. Mm -hmm. Trust me. You can do it at zero and get that then whatever happens between here and a million is on the business. It's not on you. So then somebody's going to say, well, if it's on the business, how come I have to change me before I change the business? <laughs> right. Everything you create is the result of what's going on in your mind and you're creating your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it, finances are super important. I've had a couple, you know, really good accountants on here. And again, from a, from an entrepreneurial perspective, that's literally has to be the first thing that you take a look at. Uh, I've had a bad mistake with that. I know others who have too. And 
And uh, it's almost like there should be someone out there, you know, coaching this type of stuff, right? You, you know, it's <laughs> <What>? a, <laughs> there should be. We should really have more business coaches out there. I right? Yeah, agree. right. Somebody <laughs> should probably get on that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Again, finances are super, super important. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's something that gets shared uh, quite a bit. Now, uh, going to the the speaking and the podcasting side of things, uh, do you have any in terms of in terms of speaking gigs? booking, speaking arrangements. Uh, do you have any tips on how to go about navigating that whole side of the world, right? You know, for, from a marketing perspective and entrepreneurs and agency owners, I think we all want to book more podcasts, book more guest appearances and shows and, you know, that type of that type of thing. Is there any um, tips or information that you can give on, on that side of uh, the aspect? Absolutely. If you want to get on more stages and more speaking, Go talk to Bobby Carlton at Innovation Women. I know she wants more women on stage, uh, particularly, <laughs> but she happens to be genius and happens to have some wicked software for being able to help, cool. especially starting speakers to get on stage and, and working with them to be able to hold their hand. Because speaking to me is one of the hardest careers that people are going to have. Mm-hmm. And it's not because people would rather die than look at the obituary. Right. It's that when you get out and speak, you have to show people who you are. Mm-hmm. And most people are more interested in hiding who they are and protecting themselves and you than they are from exposing who they are. Mm. So it's not necessarily, hey, I'm afraid of you knowing who I am. It's I'm afraid of hurting you by what Mm. I say. And for those of you who feel that way out there, you can't feel that way because, well, you can, obviously you do. But please, please, please do everything in your power to to overcome that because people need to hear what you have to say yep. <laughs> goes back to that. You can't, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, they yeah. can. <laughs> they really yeah. can. And, and when it's dealt with in a certain way, it, you become a power to that moves the world. So please mm-hmm. figure out how to do that. So speaking is one of the most uh, difficult ones. And, um, Oh, Bobby, and if you're going into podcasting, um, Podshare, Pod, Podmatch, Podmatch.com mm-hmm. uh, is phenomenal for being able to, for you to identify what your podcast is about and exactly who you're looking to have mm-hmm. uh, come in as a guest. Once you get to a certain point, you'll be like Logan and myself, where it's like, hey, there's this awesome dude. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I totally want to meet him. And, yeah. and that community kind of it encourages the awesomeness. So you mm-hmm. find the cream of the crop a lot faster, easier uh, after a while. But those two platforms are probably the best for helping people to get started and get uh, their name out there where they want to. Love that. No, I definitely, definitely take a look at that for sure. Um, the process of, of getting myself, I guess, ready for the pod, podcast interviews and so forth is, is putting together a, a meat sheet, I guess, right? You know, a, a sheet that goes over um, some really what makes you, uh, I guess, I don't know, stand out or, you know, what value can you provide on episodes? Do you have any insight on that? Because, you know, we had a team that kind of went through this with me as well. But like what and you mentioned something here, too, you know, everyone has gone through something and you have value that you should share with the world. And, and I and that really starts with like a business owner who's an accountant who hasn't posted on social media yet. Like start to do that. You have some value that you can share. 
right? So like, going no, into I hate me. They don't want to do it. I hate being seen on video. Be seen on video. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I, I have a whole program on this, in fact, because I think the stream and the program is called Streamlinear Marketing Through Podcasts, because mm. if you can right now, particularly, it is highly valuable to be able to get into video because and the irony is people don't uh, don't watch videos. <laughs> they don't listen to them. Mm. But what they do do is they'll read the they'll scan the the text across the screen or they will listen to it well with one ear while they're doing exercising they're driving their kids to camp whatever it is mm -hmm. taking that time to be able to to get in front of the audience where they're at because it used to be i would say one find out where your audience is and where they're playing and sometimes it's easy enough to go okay they're in business we're going to b2b it's going to be linkedin mm -hmm. or you know we're gonna those things are going to change it is much more valuable for you to be able to put out your information in a way that is succinct to your audience mm -hmm. and is meets them where they're at. So with video, with video podcasting, there are numerous ways you can do it. As you know, you can have guests on the show like this. You can have mm -hmm. soapbox episodes. You can, uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can do podcasts, which a lot of people don't think about. And there's a lot of ways that you can get information out of your, of your company other than just the CEO or just the accountant. Mm -hmm. Although I do highly recommend that the CEO is the voice of the company, especially right now. Personal branding is huge, huge. as you know. <laughs> yes, huge. So video podcasting, one, so strategize it. Don't use it as a tactic because that mm -hmm. will kill you. It's like, okay, they told us we need a podcast. We need a podcast. Go, go set one up and we'll do our thing and we'll have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. It's a colossal waste of time, money, effort, <laughs> everybody's resources. Yeah. Strategize it and figure out how you get the information that your clients need in front of them where they're at and backtrack to video podcasting is one of the best ways to do that. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask about that. You touched on it a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I was, you know, everyone's told everyone has a podcast nowadays, you know, what, what are things that from, a, I guess, going back to a mindset perspective on podcasts, you know, it's, it's, it's that thing of what, why are, are people going to listen to me? There's, you know, what value can I share um, for people who are on the fence with starting a podcast? What should be like, I, maybe the ultimate reason why they should do it? You know, obviously, getting your message and putting it across so your your uh, your ICA, your ideal clients can find you, and there's that branding component. Is there anything else around that, right? Like, in terms of why people should actually go this route and start it and start a podcast? I mean, I know it's a delayed gratification, right? It's you know, it takes a while for everything to build out, and you're putting in a yeah, lot of work. People, so I hate that. I want I want my business fixed right now. I want to rub a lens lamp. I don't even want to ask. <laughs> I want to just know and poof, there it is. I'm done. Yeah, uh, this is such a misnomer right now that, and it's a painful one. So one, I get it. You want results to happen quickly. Two, you need to be willing to have some patience with it because I have spent a lot of money on get rich quick schemes. Mm. <laughs> and a lot yeah. of them look really legit at first. But when you have that mindset of, I want this to happen quickly and let's just, I'm willing to risk or, you know, sacrifice everything else in order to make it happen fast. Fast is not the best solution. So the reason you want to do this 
especially right now, is that most people's attention spans, we'll all agree, are about the same as a gnat. <laughs> You've got 0.05 seconds in shortening on keeping people interested in their attention span. Podcasts, people will listen to like an hour and a half of them. I've had people who have two-hour podcasts and their retention is is off Huge. the chart. And I'm like, yeah. dude, people can't keep them on for five minutes. Right. And you're keeping them on your show for two hours. How yeah. does that work? And it all comes down to if you give your audience what they want, they will stick with you. You got to mm. figure out what it is that they want so that they stick with you so that you get out there. And the, the best way to do that is to one, get good at video. And the only way you're going to get good at video is to start doing video. You are going to suck at first. It is going to be epically <laughs> bad. You are going to wish you could burn it. Sometimes you will burn it. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's the benefit of video. If I don't like it, I can burn it. Great. We'll start over and we'll do 16 tapes right. of until we get it right. That oh, is yeah. totally okay. None of us are the same speaker 10 years in as we were when we started. It's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. So yeah. you need that too. It helps your marketing department because if they're always going, hey, we need content, hey, we need content, hey, we need content, hey, we need content. Yep. <laughs> Somebody asks you a question, you just blurt it out and it happens to be video recorded. I can get the audio, I can get the video, I can get the, the text from it. I can mm -hmm. get anything I want from that video and be able to use it 28 times. Mm -hmm. So it is, and if you have, every business owner knows, if I need to get things out consistently, I have to book it in my calendar consistently. So if you know, Monday at three in the afternoon, that's when we do our recordings, then bam, it's done. It's in your schedule. It's done. It's out. They get to take that work and do what they do with it. And, and you're not having to worry about it anymore. Yeah. I love that. Putting in the calendar is absolutely key. Uh, that is, is a must. And especially for the content creation piece, right? As you mentioned, podcasts can be uh, turned into multiple multiple various forms of content that can be repurposed in so many different ways. But yes, from a from that that personal branding that you touched on a little bit, you know, uh, setting times in your schedule to be able to know when it's time to film content, right? That's going to be able to to really uh, put yourself forward to get your marketing team the right information they need to to essentially grow your brand. So yeah, super super important. Um, Michelle, what is one tip that you could give entrepreneurs who are looking to make the jump from a full-time job or have this idea that they're looking to to launch? What is what is that one thing that you would recommend them to do or to look at uh, to get started? Well, interestingly enough, this week my talks are all about. I wish I had never listened to my guru. <laughs> <laughs> I have made some of the worst decisions based on somebody else's opinion of what they think might happen. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Then I can yeah. possibly express. I can't even calculate how much money I've lost mm. doing that. And I think it is especially important for somebody that's starting out in business to not go to their friends and their family. Hey, I'm thinking of starting this business. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Because these people love you and they want to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. Period. End of story. And they are going to give you whatever opinion they have to in order to to fulfill that obligation that they think they have to you. They're not, you know, gypsies. They don't have crystal balls. They can't see into the future. They're not psychic. None of that is going on. It's simply their opinion. You need to be able to recognize that. You, however, have all of the answers that you need. Now, there's some times where you're going to go out to somebody that's done it, been there, bought the t-shirt and go, hey, was it better to do this one or that one in your experience? 
-hmm. And they go, yeah, this one worked out better for me. Great. Okay. I'll take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that this wasn't a better situation than that or a better mm -hmm. option for you right now because things are changing. I think if you really want to be successful in business, you have to learn to trust your instincts and your gut and know that your gut is very different from your conditioning. So the way I used to say it is intuition whispers and conditioning yells. So if your brain is going, no, don't do that. This is the stupidest idea. We are going to get annihilated. That's just your conditioning. <laughs> it's just what somebody's told you. It's just, you know, you jumped over a barbed wire fence when you were little and it you know, ripped your leg and you're trying to avoid having that happen again. That's all that is. So, you know, do whatever processing you have to do to figure out how to, how to mentally overcome that one so that you can hear the whispers because the whispers mm. are going, wow, you're really good at that. Oh my God, I that love that. So much fun. That mm. looks awesome. Let's go do that one. And then mm. it, it does get louder and louder and louder and eventually it smacks you across the head with a two by four and goes, hey, start your own <laughs> business and go and do this. Like, hey, maybe I should start my own business and do this. <laughs> Time wasted between the whisper and the two by four is just joy, happiness, optimism, excitement, adventure, all the fun stuff that you're on the little blue planet to experience. So get in touch with your intuition, trust it. And yes, you know more and than you think you do. I love you are. Yeah. Love, love that so much. Really, really quick based on the, the gurus in the past. Mentorship is a big thing. Any red flags or things you should notice before someone goes into a mentor or a guru on that side of things, what would be like a couple of red flags that you would want to Red flags is if they're telling you the same thing they told the guy in front of you. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can do it. My my big thing with all of business, mentors as well, is ask three times as many questions as you spend money. Because Ooh. most people don't get the information they need. They're like, oh, wow, you're so awesome on stage. You're amazing. That was so well polished. That is great. I think I'll give you 30 grand. You just kiss 30 grand away. Mm -hmm. you have to get in there and start asking questions, find their past clients. Are they happy? Did they get what they wanted? And if somebody tells you exactly who they are, believe them. Mm. So if they say, yeah, I, I just really like to do this for the money, believe them. They really like to do it just for the money and they really don't have your best interest at heart. I love that. Everyone out there listening, take note of that. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can everyone find you out in the world of the wonderful internet? Well, if you like to be dazed and confused, you can go to michellenedelec.com. <laughs> if you want to have clear and concise information, go to awarenessstrategies.com. So the difference is michellenedelec.com is all about me, and you'll find out the eclecticness that is. Uh, awarenessstrategies.com will help you to find the solutions to the problems you're looking for in a very clear and concise way. Awesome. Well, Michelle, I, I really appreciate the time. This is great insight, a lot of value here. Again, thank you so much, and we'll talk together soon. Thank you. Tune in. My learn side, learn side.